yeah all right so hello everyone uh, firstly thank you so much for joining in uh, my name is vikas agrawal i am the founder of aif and pms exports india it's a digital platform where you get an access to all the portfolio managers and today we it's a very special day because we've invited mr abhay agrawal uh, well he doesn't need any sort of introduction i see him doing a lot of investor education program program uh, all over india uh, so uh, abhay brings about more than two decades of experience uh, in terms of equity investing in terms of investing in non listed space as well he himself is an angel investor and has invested and sat on the board of many organization large organization which has become very large and become some of them have become unicorn as well or close to becoming a uh, unicorn uh, in terms of uh, their total size so uh, you know i thought i invite him and request him to spare some time on uh, on uh, you know investment philosophy which he follows at piper serica so he is the founder and and the and the fund manager over there manages uh, uh, both pms as well as aif and and they've also launched one of the aif so we wanted to know more about that as well of course we're not going to discuss uh, uh, too much about the product because as a category we we going to talk about how does it work so we'll try and read his mind and understand how the structure works and then probably get into uh, any question question and answer you may have uh, so i'm not taking too much of time uh, thank you so much uh, for uh, taking the time out from your busy schedule and joining in today abhay ji yeah sure thank you thank you vikas uh, for that kind introduction and uh, you know thanks to you and to the team at uh, aif and pms.com to invite me give me an opportunity to talk to your investors uh, uh, you know i as you said i always enjoy engaging with uh, investors benefiting from their experience their learnings also it's always a two way process so uh, uh, so uh, uh, so because uh, would you like me to start with our aif angel fund or should we uh, yeah. you know so okay great yeah so, so the format of the show is basically a task the expert show Yeah. We invite experts like you. Sure. We try and read your mind, understand yeah. what's your views on the markets, and you know it's because you bring so much of experience on the table. You've invested in other emerging markets as well during yeah. your stay with JP Morgan. So sure. we just want to uh, begin my first question with uh, uh, you know uh, what's your views on the markets, and then we'll uh, dwell upon other aspects. Yeah. So I think uh, I've been investing for 28 years now. I've seen different market cycles. I remember my first job with Citibank in '93. I was uh, 23 years of age. I was given the opportunity to manage a fund, and I remember that time the markets were very uh, shallow in terms of you know uh, their developmental uh, stage, and uh, there was no digitization. Uh, I remember the Nifty index was launched in 1995, and it was at about 800 levels that time. You know, so uh, uh, and I remember my country head used to always worry that 800 may become 750, and then there would be MTM loss. So my my point of giving that story is that that at 800 levels we were worried, and then there is constantly a worry with investors. You know, but. if you see what has happened in between you ignore that there are multiple wars government changes depressions crises everything has happened but from 800 levels in 96 we are at almost 17000 levels now so uh, so frankly my experience vikas has been that you know investors should not sweat the small stuff you know not worry about what is happening in the market right now or yesterday or today today's fed and tomorrow will be something else and day after will be something else there are always reasons to worry 
but i think the best way to override that short term market volatility is to uh, come up with a good investment strategy a good asset allocation plan work with experts like yourselves and and stick to that plan you know do not tweak that plan because markets will go through their cycles and it is very difficult to predict market cycles you know it's very difficult to say when exactly will the markets turn around what uh, is the point at which bottom will be formed or top will be formed i think these things are known only in hindsight and right now as i look at it i think what has happened is since january there have been multiple dips that people have tried to buy buy into uh with speculative intent expecting a recovery and those recoveries haven't happened you know so every month the market has been dipping you know we saw that in april may june july and fpis have been sellers and you know investors have been taking money off the table and then there came a time last month where even the die hard fans stopped buying you know they said look enough is enough how much dips are we going to buy so maybe better to sit in cash and ride out this volatility ride out this uncertain period of war uh interest rate hikes commodity price inflation god knows what what is going to happen so just sit out and a lot of people uh, uh you know just sit sat on cash and that is the point at which you know typically i've seen markets form a bottom you know at the point of peak pessimism when nobody wants to buy you know it is like the die hard guys also say that how much mark to market hit i'm going to take let me let me just sit out and i i personally think that now the markets are discounting all the known risks uh and they are uh, unless there is something which is which goes terribly wrong which is unknown i don't think the markets are you know going to go through another sharp correction i mean always, always there is a caveat that you may be surprised but i think the markets have formed a good bottom uh i also think that a lot of cash is sitting on the sidelines which is willing to come in uh at the sign of uh, uh, you know slight good news also so i think if i take all those things to account and also take into account the result season that has unfolded and i think the results have frankly been better than what expectation was like today we have our portfolio companies like uh, apl apollo and loras labs uh, bajaj finance announcing results and they were all quite good you know i would say overall uh the results have been better than expectation and and i think uh, once you get into that cycle that people start seeing hope and earnings at the end of the day markets follow earnings and if earnings stack up and which we think they would you know this year next year and the year after that then i think the markets are are pretty well poised after the correction that we saw 30 to 40% valuation correction that we have seen in several leading stocks also it pharma space i think it's a it's a it's a it's a good opportunity you know in, for investors to stick to their allocation plan increase their allocation if they need to so we feel that uh, uh, results are good uh, earning season is really surprised us positively so therefore nothing to worry about but of course these they you know you really can't go and say that you can predict the markets you yeah. know, nobody can do so yeah. but having said that uh, looking at the uh, current scenario it looks like that things might start settling down from this month onwards yes. so thank you so much uh, for en- enlightening us with your thought process so yeah. now coming to uh, this pms and aif so uh, one is that you you know you have your pms book on the other side you are also building up the aif so can you talk to our investors about so how it is uh, placed and positioned within the organization uh, and then we'll come to third question of product so you you're talking about the angel fund aif that we have uh, yes. so so uh, uh, so in terms of our public market investments that we do through pms 
and through our FBI, which is based in Mauritius, it's a fund called Piper Serica and the Moro Ono India Fund. And then we also uh, host uh, model uh, portfolios on smallcase.com to give even smaller investors access to our strategies. So we have a very robust uh, uh, public market investment uh, arm and that uh, you know has done well and is growing. Uh, and then what has happened is that I've, I have personally been uh, an angel investor uh, for a long time. And that experience actually goes back to when I used to work for JP Morgan Private Equity Fund in 98 to 2004, where I uh, gave seed capital to a lot of companies that have gone on to become very large companies like Jubilant Foodworks was a startup in 2000, year 2000, when we gave seed capital of $15 million. Then HDFC Securities is a company we gave seed capital to. Then there is, uh, uh, you know, uh, MTR Foods uh, that we gave seed capital to. So I have uh, plenty of, uh, you know, experience in that space. And then subsequently, personally, I've been investing and have done that pretty well. Uh, uh, now, you know, the whole startup space has got a lot of visibility over the last two, three years. You know, you would have seen because of news about, so many companies becoming unicorns, foreign investors coming in and investing. And then uh, a lot of our HNI investors wanted to allocate, want to allocate uh, some of their equity uh, capital to private market investing also, you know, because and that is a global trend. If you see globally in the US markets, the, uh, the HNIs typically have uh, an allocation to equity, uh, partly 10, 12, 15 percent also to private investments, you know, through through angel funds or angel investing. And that is the need that we were asked constantly to meet by our investors, you know, who said that, look, we want to invest in startups, but we really don't know how, because this is a very risky proposition. You know, we don't know when we will get the money back. We don't know how we will get the money back. We don't know how to track our investment. It's a very different uh, experience compared to a public market investing where there is a lot of transparency information investors can exit whenever they want they can enter whenever they want uh, uh, startup investing is not like that it's a very different thing but it it has its own unique upsides also you know because the returns are higher than public market investing because at a portfolio level you invest at much earlier stage so the intention is to basically uh, give our investors access to startup investing through this fund, and uh, uh, and 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 the fund strategy is to invest. It's a hundred crore fund, uh, which will invest in thirty odd companies, uh, startups, and we will be a co-investor. So we would co-invest along with other strong lead investors. There are funds like Sequoia. There are funds like uh, you know Y Combinator, Let's Venture, uh, Angel List. And there are a lot of syndicates. So our uh, objective here is to uh, first look for very good quality founders, support their business that we should like. And then once we like the business, we should also like the lead investor who is going to mentor these investor, uh, these founders. And then to invest as a part of a syndicate. So our investment of the total round will not be more than 25 to 30% of that round. Because we think that uh, the probability of success is higher if more investors are involved uh, helping the founder, you know, achieve their targets, achieve their dreams. So uh, that is the objective that this 100 crores, we should be able to invest in two to three years time. And then uh, what we target to do is to provide exit to, uh, to, you know, uh, to, to exit the profitable ones 
uh, whenever we get an opportunity in a manner that we can return at least the capital back to our investors uh, as soon as we can. And the rest of the fund then will continue and over next six, seven, eight years should return, you know, pretty lucrative returns to the investors. So that is what our plan is. We have set up a separate team for this AIF. My colleague Chirag is there on the call, Chirag Guradia. Then I have Ajay also. And then we have other people, uh, Yash Pawar uh, from my team. So we have already set up a team for this uh, AIF. And we are quite excited because we think that uh, angel fund startup investing in India is finally taken off you know there's a great acceptance from the ecosystem there is a lot of capital chasing the successful startups a lot of uh, uh, you know employees or talent is willing to join startups so i think uh, there is a very positive uh, ecosystem that is getting created and already got created so i personally think for next five to ten years in uh, hni investors would do very well to allocate part of their capital to uh, startups also, you know, especially those who can uh, afford uh, part of their funds to be illiquid for some time in view of higher returns. Which I want to clarify here is that there has been some sort of miscommunication or perception. I would say that people feel that in category one, the minimum threshold is one crore, yes. but here it is 25 lakhs. So can you some more lights on that. So, so you're absolutely right. It is a category one AIF. Now, typically a category one AIF has a minimum investment of one crore. However, since SEBI and government want to promote uh, angel investing, startup investing, so they have done a special carve out for angel funds. So this is called a category one VCF hyphen angel fund. So once you are in that category, the minimum investment is 25 lakhs, not, not uh, uh, one crore. And also there is a relaxation of the uh, investor criteria, investor net worth and income and all those criteria also get relaxed a lot. So uh, the intention of SEBI is that, that these funds should be able to, to uh, you know, uh, because these are, these are illiquid funds till there is an exit in the portfolio, the fund cannot return back to the investors. The, that that there should be it should be attractive enough for even uh, large investors making small allocation of 25 lakhs should also be able to participate good also for uh, you know mass affluent investors to yes. you know they can sort of participate uh, you know through the and then participate not only participate but also right through the growth journey of these uh, startup uh, as you rightly mentioned that you know i remember uh, uh, i was looking at some data points that during 80s, US used to be where India is today in terms of encouraging uh, startup companies to grow. And our honorable prime minister makes it the point always that you know it's that our our ecosystem should also become even more larger going ahead. So in a way, it is a good opportunity also. So uh, just wanted to understand what would be the duration and uh, uh, you know how long, what would be the drawdown uh, sort of uh, thing that you plan if you can just talk. Yeah, sure. So uh, uh, what what our uh, plan is that uh, we will uh, uh, there is an investment period of two to three years because uh, if you're going to make 30 investment it requires a lot of time you know for making 30 investments we have to review probably 300 to 500 companies and <clears throat> once we like something uh, uh, then uh, uh, it will take us time to also go through the process of diligence, process of documentation, uh, 
so I would imagine that it would take us about two years to deploy this money. So that is why we are, while the commitment from an investor on the contribution agreement is 25 lakhs or more, uh, we are right now going to draw down only 40% of that amount. And that 40% of the amount will take us about a year to deploy. And then we will draw down the next 40% and then uh, the balance 20%. So I think it would be safe to assume that first drawdown, second drawdown and third drawdown together will take place over two, two, two and a half years. So it's not that the money has to be, entire amount has to be invested upfront. Upfront is only 40%. Uh, and then we want to stay invested in these companies that we have invested in for idly as long as possible. Because these companies go through a life cycle stage where first three years they are investing and then they start seeing benefits. It's only about five years when you really start assessing the success, you start seeing the scaling up, the, the critical mass starts coming up for a, for, a, for a startup. And then the value realization, real value realization takes place over seven, eight years. You know, when, when either it is, you know, mostly through uh, an acquisition or, or it is by, you know, a large company buying out the small shareholders or a large fund buying out small investors. So uh, this is what the typical journey is, but I've seen that some startups scale up very fast. The promoters, founders get very good offers and gives an opportunity to early investors to also exit. So that is a possibility that we will definitely entertain. But going by my experience of, you know, looking at companies, like if you, if you take an example of, of uh, Nika or Policy Bazaar or Paytm or some of these other successful startups, they have taken about 12 years to go from uh, seed stage to IPO. And I don't think in this fund, we are really looking for a company or we have the time that we will be able to hold to see a company go from uh, seed stage to IPO. I think that that would be low probability event. But we will definitely be in a situation that uh, a pre-IPO exit can be made you know, by our investors. So uh, once the companies are successful, we don't really want to exit too fast. We want to stay invested. Uh, we want the compounding to take place so that we are not exiting at 10x returns when 100x or more is possible within two more years time. So that is why we have kept the fund life of 10 years. But I would imagine that the average holding period, you know, would be about five to six years for an investor. Can I say that, you know, once the drawdown is over, which takes about two to three years time, and then uh, maybe as you said that the holding period is five years to seven years or sometimes eight years and assuming that you get exit at after five years down the line so initial three years plus five from seven year onwards one can start expecting some money back from from the exits or you want to keep it with yourself no no so uh, so first of all the way the fund structure is the uh, SEBI regulations are very clear that whenever there is an exit the uh, money has to be returned to investors so each investment that we make in a company is a separate uh, scheme, as it is called. So it will be once the investors get their annual statement, they will say scheme one, scheme two, scheme three, scheme four, which is each investment. And as those investments are exited, we have to return money back to the investors. We do not have the ability to keep it in the fund. And that is why our endeavor would always be that within five years of the first drawdown, five to six years, we should be able to idly return the capital back to the investors, whatever we have drawn down from profitable exits, and then hold the remaining exits for as long as we can within the fund uh, duration, so that we can optimize the returns after that even more. 
where do you think uh, uh, so there are two questions one is so what sort of companies that you would be looking at you made up any yeah. your mind that you know these it startups they grow exponentially so you would be looking at that yeah. or you are open for all sort of ideas so maybe we'll start with that then i'll ask you second so uh, so let me first tell you that what we are not going to invest in and then i will come to what we are looking to invest in what we are not looking what we are not going to invest in are companies that have physical products like uh, you know beverage company or a or a food company or a clothing company or a shoe company or a perfume company uh, you know not to or, or a d2c company not because we don't like that space but just because that by nature that is a business even when it is successful it requires constant infusion of capital so you know these companies they need to build warehouses they need to stock inventory they need to spend money on marketing they need to uh, uh, you know constantly introduce new products new launches uh, they need to build a team of feet on street sales people so what happens is that you know even when you grow you need to constantly raise capital and as a result there is constant dilution uh, uh, and and it is not the optimal use of a early stage investors money so where we see uh, by from our experience uh, interesting opportunities are companies that are using technology now technology can be a software it can be a a, a tool it can be a, you know a new framework a new methodology uh, a, a new way of doing something to to basically make an existing process more efficient or uh you know uh, uh, disintermediate supply chains or distribution chains wherever there is fat uh, distribution or supply chains in any industry uh, or uh, just you know do something better faster and cheaper using a core ip intellectual property that has been developed by the founders because we we have seen that these businesses when they are successful especially in the b2b space uh they scale up very fast without requiring incremental capital and as a result of that the returns for early stage investors are very high you know are are, are significantly better than a physical product company so now what we want to invest in companies like these and then we do not really care about uh whether these companies are uh uh you know in in which industry you know so for instance we have invested in uh, companies that are in uh, space technology or in logistics management or in healthcare you know there's a company that is doing uh, uh you know uh, cancer detection through blood markers uh we have invested in companies that are in fintech space you know uh, doing uh, bnpl lending in a very intelligent way uh we have invested in companies that are developing vaccines you know in a in a more intelligent way or companies that are in education tech space uh online gaming space so across the space we have invested in companies that have that are using core tech to make a differentiation you know so that is the focus to uh, identify founders that are themselves uh, tech experts and to back them in disrupting something or 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 you know uh, so the closest proxy would be as commonly called b2b saas or b2c saas uh, companies so abhi what are your key learnings after investing in some of the unique businesses like hatabook or 
Reditas, you know, yeah. Freetex, yeah. and Junio, Pinblue, and Wipro. So these are the businesses that you've already invested in, and Insorts. So, so any key learnings that you want to share and would that help you to, to kind of invite those learnings while you are investing for the investors? I, uh, I think that's a great question because I think that's a fantastic question and uh, and and uh, we discuss this often that you know what is it that has worked for us over last 10 15 20 years and then so we should stick to that rather than trying to do new stuff so what I what is the biggest two or three learnings are first of all that founders make all the difference you know and and when you are coming in so early, there is frankly very little, uh, you have very few variables that give you direction or clear direction. You know, there is a judgment call that you need to take based on your experience. And one of the biggest calls that you end up taking is on the founders. And then when you're assessing a founder, you have to beyond just looking at, look how passionate this guy is, how uh, well connected in the industry this person is, you also have to look at certain qualitative traits that how, uh, uh, you know, how much of a fighter the founder is. Uh, because in a startup, there are 99 bad days and one good day. And, and you, are a, you, have, you have your own company because I have my own company. So, so you know what I'm talking about. And I think a lot of our investors here on the discussion also know what I'm talking about. As a business person, you go through tough times, you know, bad news and, you know, it comes from all over the place and these are young founders. So how do they react to that? Do they give up, run away or they say, fine, you know, I, my experience is that the good founders pivot, you know, if one door is closed, they look for the new door to open. They are always, you know, scrapping for business. They, they have no ego. They don't give up when somebody says no, they just find either somebody else who says yes or that they they figure out a way to convert the no into yes. So that whole uh, ability to fight the system, to fight the no's, to fight the skepticism is very important, you know, and to constantly pivot, constantly see opportunities, be very flexible, take inputs, learn from mentors, learn from others. That I think is, is probably I would give it 80 out of 100 marks when you're assessing a startup. The second thing is capital allocation, you know, once the investors uh, and frugality. So typically the good founders are very cognizant that they should not run out of money. And, uh, you know, it's like oxygen for a business. So when a startup stage, we give them money as angel investors. Let's say we have given them one cylinder of oxygen. Now, typically the guys who are not uh, very prudent would blow up that oxygen very fast. They would sprint. They would say, okay. You know, let's buy a big office, let's buy, you know, hire too many people, let's do very aggressive marketing. And then they run out of money and they panic and they say, where do I raise the next round from? And the high mortality rate and most of and the biggest reason that startups die is because they are not able to raise the next round of funding and, you know, all doors close. So typically the good startups I've seen are very cognizant that they should raise money well ahead of time. Uh, they should always be well funded, even though. People are telling them that don't raise money now, raise money later, higher valuation. The clever founders always are well-funded. And the third thing is that, you know, the, the ability of the founding team to attract talent from the industry, talent from, uh, because the good employees, 
want to work for good founders that is something that i've seen you know uh, these these founders have to be charismatic enough that they should be able to draw the best people from the industry the best coders the best sales people the best ops people they want to work with very good founders so i think these three or four things are very important uh, you know from my experience that that you know every crisis is an opportunity you know you should not give up and that attitude is when it is there then i've seen the like i'll i'll tell you very frankly jubilant food works which is a company that has 4 billion dollars of market cap when we invested in 2000 within one year the company went bankrupt because they they raised they opened up too many stores all over the place the stores didn't do well there was low footfall and then the then there was panic and the money that we invested ran out and the company was bankrupt and then we had to get involved to re to turn around the company we got a new ceo gave a little more capital and then from that situation the company pivoted and is now where it is you know you can see so so that that attitude is very important so it is a qualitative aspect you know which i am discussing since you asked me that question is what i am saying is highly qualitative it requires a lot of experience to judge it you know yeah. so uh, so i think that that to me these are the three or four things that are very important so abhay ji uh, the other question is uh, you know we saw good amount of valuation uh, improving especially in last 3 4 years particularly startup space and then last 3 4 months we are talking about some in startups uh, sort of uh, asking people to leave and they are not able to raise funds as you rightly said so what's your uh, reading about as far as startup spaces in india is concerned as is start the startup space <clears throat> the, the whole startup space has very low entry barrier you know frankly what happens is that anybody can decide to become a startup founder very quickly you know there is there is there is there is no entry barrier you know there is nothing that stops you from launching a company or a partnership and launching a product or service so when the entry barriers are so low the industry and on the other side you have limited capital because you know the capital is not infinite uh so in that situation it is quite not only in india but even in other countries it is quite uh, normal to see the startups uh, uh you know going through these cycles of availability of easy capital lot of capital to availability of limited capital because people have become cautious and by nature the industry has high mortality you know we haven't frankly in india so far we haven't seen that high mortality i think that is a zone we are getting in now some of it is covered in media some of it is not covered in media because there are a lot of startups which are struggling to raise the next round of capital because even their existing investors are not willing to support them you know the businesses haven't taken off or in a way that they should have or there are other issues so i think that is <laughs> the nature of the beast that uh, there is high mortality uh and as an investor then it is our job to make sure that in our portfolio we have as low mortality as possible so looking at the current situation i think i think it is expected that a uh, lot of easy money came in lot of uh, we also saw uh, suddenly on platforms you know uh, 6000 12000 investors registered uh, and you know very loose with their uh, uh, wallets uh when these startups start 
raising money. But all those investors have now vanished. They have vacated the market because uh, the money that they have invested, now they're realizing that it's locked in for a long period of time and there's no guarantee of getting it. So I think that speculative element, that easy money element is out of the market, which is good in a way because when we have a fund, when we are trying to do things in a more structured manner, you don't really want to compete with people who have low quality standards because you know then uh, you miss out on good deals. So I would say that this is quite a positive environment right now where uh, savvy investors who have the capital can make use of this uh, environment to invest in good quality companies at very reasonable valuations you know, after a long time. Yeah, so I think the startup also will have to eventually understand that the liquidity is not, I mean, the availability of funds is very important aspect and yes. and they have to learn to utilize these funds even more efficiently, you know, and effectively. Yes. Otherwise, uh, the whole ecosystem gets affected yes. because of some of the malpractices done by some mid-sized founders. And this is my experience. Uh, we also invest in a couple of them. So, uh, like Linden uh, Club is one. I mean, just... Disclaimer here, we are just discussing one idea. So yeah. uh, we saw that a good amount of growth there. So that's how it is. Anyway, so you said that it's going to be for 10 years uh, and uh, one has to really look at a long-term wealth creation and power of compounding also going to play important role in the long run. Yes. And you see you're able to ride through the growth journey of these startup ideas which eventually eventually going to become very, very large. Yes. So that's how it is. So uh, with that, we'll open the forum for Q&A. Uh, if any of the investor has any question, uh, they can feel free to ask. Uh, I can see Darshan ji and uh, Manoj ji. Uh, please feel free to ask. Uh, in the meantime, so uh, my last question to you, Abhiji. So you said that uh, you are sure that which are the sectors that you are not going to invest. But what's your reading? Where do you see a lot of money is getting uh, made? are getting uh, uh, made in, in this startup uh, space? I think, uh, so I'll, I'll compare this to what my experience was when 2000 to 2004, I, I used to live in Hong Kong. You know, I was working for JP Morgan private equity fund and I used to travel to China a lot that time to, uh, because JP Morgan was, was investing in China and a lot of other foreign funds, US funds had uh, set up base in Hong Kong to invest in China because China was frankly where India is right now, you know, in terms of economic activity, in terms of per capita growth, GDP levels, uh, uh, demographics, most importantly. And what I saw in China that time in terms of a startup ecosystem coming together finally is what I can see happening in India now, you know, so we are behind China by 18 years or thereabouts, but that is, you know, that 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 is really what it is where now for indian startup founders uh, there is capital available which was not the case even 5 years back there are funds lot of funds who are willing to take the bet on founders new ideas new businesses and that was the time in china that companies like tencent baidu uh, you know uh, bytedance uh, uh, alibaba got created you know that was that was a period so i think in India, for next five to ten years, we have a golden opportunity for the first time to back these companies as investors. You know, if you look about, look at it earlier, these opportunities were not available to uh, individual investors. Even though you you may be an ultra HNI, HNI, 
family office but nobody was willing to take money uh, in an angel round or in a startup round you know people would uh, go directly to a to a to a, a vc or a private equity fund or you know do a series a or series b so this whole opportunity space that has opened up now i think it is a tremendous opportunity for people to invest in good quality startups over 5 to 10 years and then see them grow and and uh, see the tremendous wealth that these uh, opportunities create for them uh, and and then i don't think we need to really uh, look at companies that are uh, you know uh, uh, or particular segments that will do better than others because i think opportunities there in everywhere you know even uh there is so much of inefficiencies across the industries across supply chain distribution chains in processes of banks new products that can be launched because the whole uh, with d2c with internet it is very easy for people to start selling directly to consumers you know through amazon.com through flipkart.com through their own websites uh, getting payments digital payments collecting money through razor pay or paytm has become very easy so really it has given tremendous uh, in you know input to uh any kind of entrepreneurial activity you know you can you can if you have a good idea you can start something show success and then seek growth capital so i would say it's it's a very wide opportunity space right now you know and it's left to the investors then to choose very carefully what they want to invest in i can see a couple of questions raised by sure. some of our investors so with your permission i am taking it sure. yeah right one So first is is there any exit possibility before four years? Then the second question is what? How does the taxation work on the capital gain? Yeah. So I think uh, exit opportunities, uh, whenever we get, we will definitely make use of them. But but the reality is that uh, uh, it, it it is difficult. You know, I I would uh, very very candidly say that many a times as angel investors, the exit is not in our hand. we can't force an exit uh the best exit is when somebody wants to buy your shares and makes you an offer and then you can consider that offer but typically uh so and in four years whether we get an offer it is it has it is possible it has happened uh like i'll give an example khata book is a company that i invested in in january 2019 and i've already you know in three and a half years i've already got four times offers to in to exit you know from every round that was done by a large investor they offered to buy out the small uh, early stage investors so it is possible uh, however there is no guarantee uh, it really depends on you know situation to situation uh, uh, so so i i won't guarantee that uh, on the uh, sorry the second question was uh, on capital gains capital gains is something that uh, uh, it is very simple it's so the angel fund as per since this is a since it is a category 1 aif it is a pass through entity so the fund itself doesn't pay any tax however on gains that it passes back to investors uh, it deducts a 10% capital gains okay 10% tds and then after that the investors pay uh, you know 20% uh, tax on long term capital gains after indexation so it's a pretty simple uh, straightforward you know uh, capital gains uh, taxation for investors yeah so the long term is 3 years or 1 year uh in this I, case it is 3 years because yeah. it 
comes under the debt category. So therefore, uh, this is uh, for three years. Yeah. Next yeah, question. Think, yes, please go ahead. Looking at the current uh, IPO-based companies in recent times, what do you think about future? For example, Zomato, Paytm falling from the listed values. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Thank you for asking. So he's saying that uh, you know, obviously, that we saw uh, the kind of hype uh, it was created for you know, a uh, company like uh, Paytm that you know you you um, uh, hold a good chunk when it is not listed, and then after that, you see valuation going down. So your take on that, please. Yeah, so, you know, I have been very, very candid on this uh, since the beginning, since these companies have listed uh, because that that these companies should not have listed, you know, any company that is still making losses, that is still dependent on investors capital. Uh, there is no clear path to profitability. If you look at Paytm, still not able to tell clearly what is its, you know, profit path to profitability. When will it turn profitable or look at Zomato, uh, you know, they announced that they will turn profitable next year, third quarter, and then they did the acquisition of Blinkit, which makes their profitability again uncertain. Or you look at uh, Car Trade, or you look at uh, you know some of the other companies that have listed. Nike is an exception; it is it has skeletal profitability, uh, but still burning cash. So I think these companies should not have listed. These companies should have stayed private till they become profitable, uh, or close to profitable at least. Uh, so uh, I think they all listed at a time when there was an IPO frenzy driven by global events. You know, the globally, the FANG stocks were doing well. And and then there were companies in China and US that had listed and done very well. So I think the investment bankers, uh, funds that wanted to exit, uh, and of course, the founders themselves got together and got excited and said, let's list. So I think fundamentally, it has been a mistake to list these companies. And, and I think it is for the regulators to go back and introspect and say, why did we, de why did we allow these guys to, ex to, to list? You know? uh, because for a long time, they were very strong uh, requirement of profitability, dividend track record, revenue growth for a company to be access able to access capital markets, you know, to be able to take money from retail investors. So now, what is happening is that there is a valuation reset where people, you know, the speculative capital as it exits the market, uh, just, you know, these companies are finding it difficult to now sell the story. There is no story, frankly. So, uh, so I think, I think uh, uh, these companies have good long-term prospects and I'm sure Zomato and Paytm kind of companies with their presence will do well, but it may be a very long period, you know, before investors see some returns, see some money back. Uh, so yeah, that is what I would say. So I don't see any more such companies listing in a hurry. Delivery was the last one to list. Uh, I don't see any companies like these finding any takers in capital markets for the next one year at least. So I think people should just ignore what happened. And other thing I would say is that, look, the, the, these companies have lost, you know, public investors money, but the startup investors who came in 12 years ago are still up anywhere from 400 to 800 times their capital. So the selling that you see now post uh, one year lock-in getting over is by early stage investors who are still up 400 to 800 times. So those are the guys who have made money, you know, and the public market investors, unfortunately have lost money. 
Next another question coming from Tanmay ji. This is an interesting question. Uh, with unicorns in India increasing day by day, are the valuations fair? Looking at the loss-making startups like Red by Juice and etc. So yeah. So how uh, how do you take this question? No, that's a great question. I think we were also surprised looking at some of these valuations of companies becoming unicorns. Uh, they do have a business, as in you know they have found a niche. They are growing rapidly. Uh, they have taken leadership space, uh, created very good brands, you know, in many of these spaces. However, uh, I think a lot of the unicorn valuations will come into question now. Uh, already we are seeing down rounds happening. Already we have seen companies that, for instance, raised money at unicorn valuation, now being forced to take money at 40% lower, 30% lower, 50% lower. So that is going to happen. Uh, the good thing is that at lower valuation, at least they are getting money. Uh, and now people are realizing that the easy capital has gone out. Uh, so now it is time to go back to the drawing board, build the business, create value and let the, let the business growth drive shareholder value rather than, you know, the multiples in capital markets driving value. So, so that is, that is, it's a process of adjustment that is going on i think a lot of adjustment has already taken place and some of it will take place uh, over the next six months 12 months question is uh, from uh, chaudia ji mr chaudia so he is asking snapdeal oyo i think sorry oyo and ola people have good money made good money uh, and uh, but looking at their balance sheet is it okay to invest in unlisted segment yeah so basically the question is that you know some of the uh, startups like ola and oyo people have really created good amount of wealth those who came in early stage yes and uh, do you think these valuations are sustainable no i think uh, even if i look at the unlisted market there are a lot of these shares of these companies that are uh, pre-ipo kind of companies that are trading in the unlisted market and these company these shares have also seen a correction along with you know the big ones also i mean why look at these companies that have big balance sheet you know in the unlisted space you have companies like hdb financial services which is hdfc banks nbfc uh seen its price become half of what it was one year ago and i think all that is happening because of uh you know uh, the severe correction of valuations across the board i mean we saw bajaj finance also fall from you know almost ten thousand rupees to five thousand rupees now uh, i personally would not advise anybody to buy unlisted shares of these companies expecting that an IPO will take place because right now the sentiment is completely against listing of companies that are still loss making. So I really don't see how Snapdeal, OYO or, or any of these internet based companies will be able to do an IPO uh, for the next for this year at least and uh, and uh, you know uh, give an exit to their investors. So I would I would suggest that investors be very cautious uh, before buying uh, unlisted shares of these companies, expecting an IPO uh, in next 12 months. Moreover, I would suggest that you know, as an investor, you know, you should be looking at, at the fund level and not at the yeah. uh, individual companies because the reason is actually because at the fund level, the way the the fund is constructed, the way portfolio is constructed. You know, there are different companies uh, which come in and it's well diversified. And generally, my observation in startup 
you know 90% idea gets failed eventually what we feel today is looking very exciting maybe two years down the line the story gets over so therefore this is very very important that see neither you have an access to their balance sheet nor you are speaking with founder nor you have an understanding and talking to their vendors and nor you have that kind of time to really get into that kind of research so therefore you know you should be giving mandate to portfolio managers like piper sarika where where they have a complete team so now i can see there are three four of team members who have joined in their full time job is to do complete research talk to their competitors understand talk to their vendors and understand whether the founder is making the payment on on time or not you know doing all sort of due diligence in terms of looking at whether the fund man the, the founder is filing the income tax on time or not well filing the income tax on time is not a big issue but that really indicates that how disciplined the founder may be you know that reading of the founder and all that so these are very very important aspects so i would suggest all my investors to please uh, 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 you know stay away from that while i understand maybe in the secondary market you wish to invest you may do so but as far as this space is concerned i think i would strongly recommend that you should be giving mandate to portfolio managers who are running this game more even more professionally so with that i would like to conclude the session here thank you so much abhiji for taking the time out from your busy schedule and joining in today uh, it was great uh, reading your mind and you got a lot of learnings and a uh, lot of insights about what's happening in the startup space no vikas thank you so much you know for uh, for giving me the time and uh, you know uh, uh, really it's it's is wonderful what you are doing in terms of you know uh, educating your investors about different opportunities and uh, you know it is my pleasure to 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 be here and you know talk to your investors and you know engage with them so thank you very much look forward to doing this again sometime soon thank you thank you everyone bye